This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello there. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. How are you? I hope you're doing all right today. Um, Well then, yesterday I posted an episode called Can I Have a Quick Word With You? It'll only take about 15 minutes. Uh, And basically, in that little 15-minute episode, I expressed my concerns that I was posting too much content and that people would stop listening because they couldn't keep up. I was worried. I thought that, for some reason, posting too many episodes would have a, a drastically negative effect on my audience. Naturally, I was wrong. Uh, You see, sometimes I worry too much. And since I do this podcast alone, mostly, I do sometimes let these concerns bounce around in my head too much, you know? Uh, Clearly, I underestimated the devotion and motivation of the Lepsters, which I promise was just a brief lapse of judgment, okay? Uh, Because I immediately got loads of positive and encouraging responses uh, from you, my listeners, uh, to the things I said in that short episode. In fact, my phone has been going crazy with notifications of comments on my website because people have been writing uh, to reassure me that everything is absolutely fine. And, you know, thank you for your comments. I do feel deeply reassured. (laughs) I do. Uh, It's very reassuring and encouraging to read the positive things that you said in response to my slight concerns that I uh, expressed in that uh, short episode. The general message from the listening uh, public, uh, uh, the general sort of sense of what people have been writing in those comments is essentially this. No, Luke, don't worry. You can't post too much stuff. We love it. There's no need to be worried about posting too many episodes. Just post all the episodes that you have and we'll either either we'll gobble them up like hungry dolphins or we'll just save them later like squirrels. Yes, we will stock them up like squirrels hoarding nuts before winter. Except in this case, the squirrels are learners of English and the nuts are episodes of my podcast. Yeah, so that's right. Yes, I did just compare you to either a dolphin or a squirrel. And I hope that you don't mind that comparison. Um, It's meant in the most flattering way possible. uh, Because dolphins and squirrels, they're generally nice animals, aren't they? Anyway, uh, what am I saying? All right, then. All righty, then. Uh, Your responses do make me feel much better about myself. And thank you very much for the vote of confidence. Of course, I shouldn't be surprised in uh, your reassuring comments because you're my people, right? You're my podcast people. Thanks for the responses. Another thing that I noticed from the comments is that a lot of people are very keen to listen to me talking about Brexit. And I do have uh, uh, some Brexit episodes coming up. Uh, As uh, you know now, uh, I've got some Brexit stuff coming soon. But first, let's finish this little series about movies. And uh, we continue with that theme in this episode and the next one too. Uh, Just before we start here with this episode, let me remind you uh, of my podcast sponsor, and that's italki. 
I've had some very positive reports from listeners uh, who are using italki and finding it to be a professional and effective service with some friendly and efficient uh, teachers. Uh, remember that you can get a discount with italki when you visit uh, through my website. Um, just click an italki logo on my page to get started. Uh, or to, or just click my URL, teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk, and the path to fluency in English will open up before your eyes like a, like a, like a path, I suppose. Um, so teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk, or just uh, click an italki logo on my website to, uh, to get started with that. Okay, right. So talking of getting started, let's now get started with this episode of the podcast, and start the jingle, please. Jingle starting in five, four, three, two, one. Start the jingle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey into the English language. A journey into the DNA of the English language. Really? The DNA of the English language. Now, that's a really quite a strong claim. I find your lack of faith disturbing. You talking to me? You talking to me? You know who I'm talking to. I'm a school teacher. I teach English composition. Oh, really? Yes. So, uh, the whole time I was recording the last episode of this podcast, and I mean the one about the new Marvel film, that double-part episode about Captain America and Marvel and stuff, the whole time I was recording that, I was thinking to myself... I should talk to someone who really knows about this subject. I should speak to a geek. I need a nerd. I know. I'll talk to my mate, Paul Langton. That's Paul Langton, not Paul Taylor. Uh, Another Paul. Now, you might remember Paul from previous episodes of this podcast, such as the Brighton Comedy Festival episodes, Friday Night Banter, also known as the Drunk Episode, and, of course, On a Boat which is also known as The Drunk Episode 2. These days, Paul is a proper grown-up man and everything. He's married and he runs marathons and things like that. But before that, he used to be a big-time Marvel fanboy and comic book collector. Basically, he was a nerd up until he met his girlfriend, who is now his wife. Uh, Because I imagine that... I imagine his his wife, she's probably not into that sort of thing because she's a normal grown-up human. Um, but yeah, so now Paul is an ex-nerd. Okay, that's an ex-nerd, not an ex-man. No, he's not an ex-man. He's still a man. He hasn't had a sex change. <laughs> he's not an ex-man. Uh, no. That was a joke. That was rubbish. Did you get that? I wrote that down. I was like, I'm going to write this uh, cheesy joke and put it on the podcast. And it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah, he's an ex-nerd. He's not an ex-man. No, he's not an ex-man. He's still a man. He hasn't had a sex... You get the idea. He hasn't had a sex change. Ex-man. Anyway, he's not an ex... He's a... He's a all right, so he's an ex-nerd. He's a reformed geek. A former fanboy. But he still knows pretty much everything a person could, or indeed should, know about Marvel superheroes. So, what better person for me to talk about... Uh, this subject uh, with um, was that a good sentence? What better person to talk about this subject with? Yes, I'm talking about superheroes with Paul. What better person to talk to, except maybe Stan Lee 
But I couldn't get Stan Lee, so Paul Langton uh, will suffice, okay? Obviously, if you are a Marvel movie fan, you're probably going to like this. But uh, also, if you're a learner of English who likes a challenge, this is definitely for you too, because this is a pretty fast conversation, I reckon. My, my teacher sense, which is a bit like spider sense, you know, my teacher sense is tingling. Uh, tingling, that means I'm, I'm picking up uh, a weird tingling sensation in my head. It's like my sixth sense, you see, teacher sense. It's kind of a sixth sense that I have as an English teacher. A bit like Spider-Man's got spider sense, I've got teacher sense. And it tingles uh, when I think something might be difficult for learners of English. Ding, 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 ding. I feel that the tingling. Tingling? What's tingling? Well, basically, it's like lots of little... Uh, it feels like lots of little pins are, uh, are spiking your body and you know a bit like if you fall asleep on your on your arm and you wake up in the night and your arm is all tingly yeah or if you sit down with your legs crossed and eventually your foot goes to sleep and you you get pins and needles in your feet that's a tingling sensation so anyway my teacher sense is tingling uh with this episode so this conversation contains first of all lots of references to comic book culture and also Paul speaks pretty fast. Uh, so two things there which could be barriers to you bathing freely in a lovely warm bath of pure English pleasure during this episode. Yes, and did you know that that's what I aim to give you in every episode of this podcast? That's right, the sensation of bathing freely in a lovely warm pool of pure English pleasure. That's what I'm attempting to offer you with each episode. Well, uh, that's true, yes. Um, So it might be difficult for you to bathe purely and uh, freely in this warm uh, bath of English uh, because of these barriers. So, it, you know, because it might be a bit geeky and a bit fast for you. Another challenging aspect, possibly, of this episode is the sound quality. It's not perfect. It was recorded over Skype. I think Paul just had his mobile phone in his hand or something. Um, but the quality is no worse than the average dodgy Skype call. And we've said in the past that, you know, you need to practice listening to English over bad connections as well as good ones. Um, th- there are a couple of times when the signal drops out a bit. I think I've managed to deal with most of those problems. Also, it might be the case that Paul's voice is not completely clear at all times. Um, but that's okay. That's, it's good to get used to listening to English in different conditions. You, sh- you could watch out also for the language that I use to deal with bad connections during the phone call. Um, what about the, the way that Paul speaks, just before you start listening to Paul? Um, now, Paul is known amongst his friends for being a bit of a motor mouth. A motor mouth. Uh, that means that he talks a lot and he talks pretty quickly, okay? He could talk the hind legs off a donkey. We've already been through that expression before. Uh, Paul is a bit of a motor mouth, and I mean that in the best possible way. Perhaps it's because of his Irish background, because the Irish are known for being big talkers. Uh, Paul's mum, I think, was Irish, but Paul himself was born and raised in central London. So he's a genuine Londoner with a London accent. He's not a Cockney, because Cockneys have to be born in the east end of London, Right, Cockney's all right, geezer, I'm a Cockney. Apples and pears, apples and pears. Uh, He's not a proper brass knuckles Cockney, but he was brought up in central London. So, yeah, he's not a Cockney, but he does sound a bit similar to one. He's got pretty much a a standard sort of London accent. You know what I mean? He sounds a bit like a normal Londoner. So you're going to hear Paul speaking pretty quickly in a London accent over a slightly dodgy Skype connection, talking about a specific subject. All of these things might make the conversation difficult for you to follow. And that's why my spider sense, 
sorry, my teacher sense is tingling a little bit at this moment. And by the way, I don't mean to patronise you, of course. I'm sure that plenty of you won't have problems understanding this. I just reckon it might be a bit tricky for some of you. So, before we start listening, here is a suggested approach for how to listen to this episode, all right? So, number one, uh, just some advice on how you can listen to this episode. Number one, when you understand something in this conversation, you should feel really good and really happy with your English. So, with every single thing that you understand and every phrase that you identify, you should give yourself a good slap on the back. And with every slap on your back, even if you don't actually do it, but every slap on your back, you should feel an ever-increasing sense of warm satisfaction and achievement. Well done, you. You understood it, and you're very good at this. Um, And seriously, honestly, seriously, as you understand more and more, you will find that you will feel more and more confident and happy with your English as you progress. And that's very healthy, in fact. Okay, so that's the first thing. Feel good about the bits that you understand. Every single bit you understand, feel better and better, more and more confident as you progress. All right. Number two, but if there are parts that you don't understand, if there are things you miss and bits you don't really catch, that's fine. Don't let it stop you. Okay, this is important to remember because we know that if you only ever listen to things you understand perfectly and you just give up when things get difficult, then frankly, you won't make much progress. Okay, so even if there are things you don't understand, don't let it stop you. Keep going. All right. And and feel good about the bits that you do understand. Challenging yourself with more complex things will help you make more progress because you have to push yourself, even if you feel resistance, like resistance in the form of like not really understanding every detail. You might feel that resistance. You have to push yourself, okay, and push through the barriers. I know a lot of you know this already because you sometimes tell me things like this. You say things like this to me. You say, Luke, I understand you perfectly. I understand your voice perfectly. I understand every single word you say, but not everyone else. Sometimes I listen to other people. I don't understand them. Uh, Well, what you need, if that's you, if that sounds like you, well, you need practice, okay? You need practice listening to other people. You You need a challenge, okay? Now, you're familiar with my voice, and I do speak clearly. I've got a clear voice, uh... I don't speak slowly, in my opinion. I just speak clearly. I come from a BBC family, you know. My dad worked for the BBC. It was drilled into us as kids to speak, you know, clearly and to speak properly. I don't, not better than anyone else or anything. Just speak clearly, all right. So uh, I do speak pretty clearly, um, but so, and that's very good. It's very good to listen to some to English that you understand, of course. And it's good to listen to clear uh, English, right? Um, I think that's very good. That That's vital. It's absolutely, it's like the bread and butter of learning through listening. You listen to stuff you can understand and, and a good form of the language that, you know, you want to copy. Um, but you will receive, you will meet resistance when you listen to people who sort of speak more quickly with a bit of an accent, especially over a do- dodgy Skype connection. So you do need to do plenty of practice of listening to other people. And you can do that with episodes like this. So understand what Paul is saying. And when the episode is over, you can feel good about yourself. You can feel good about the things you understood. Feel good about the things you get. And don't be bothered by the bits that you miss. 
as you listen to the whole thing. Just try and piece it together with the bits that you do understand. Uh, you could listen to it several times. You'll find that the more you listen, the more familiar you become, and the more you'll be able to piece the whole thing together, filling the blanks in the bits you you know didn't understand. All right. So, with those comments in mind, let's now dive into this conversation with my friend Paul Langton, the official Luke's English Podcast comic book consultant and Marvel expert. And just before we begin, again, here's a quick task for you, okay? Quick task. Question. Can you guess which character Paul thinks is the strongest? So we're going to go through a list of Marvel characters talking about their backstories and their abilities and weaknesses and stuff, all right? Uh, can you guess which character Paul thinks is the strongest? Who's the strongest character in the Marvel Universe, according to Paul? Uh, who's the best superhero? To find out, you'll have to listen until the end, but see if you can work out which one he really thinks is the strongest. Another thing to look out for is the specific language Paul uses to efficiently describe these characters. Uh, this episode is is rich with descriptive vocabulary. There's lots of descriptive language in this episode for you to pick up, so listen carefully for that stuff as well. I will talk to you again briefly on the other side of this chat. Uh, but now, let's listen to this conversation with the ex-nerd himself, Mr. Paul Langton, and here we go. So, Paul Langton, you're back on Luke's English Podcast. Welcome. Welcome, and it's wonderful to be back. It's been quite a while. It has, hasn't it? Do you remember yeah. the last time you were on this podcast? Uh, well, yes, sir. I think the last time that I was properly on the podcast... Uh, we were both single men, and I don't think you left for foreign shores. That's right. I think probably the last time was when um, we we had an episode which has become called the drunk episode or the drunk episode. No, actually, I tell you which one it was. It was on a boat. Remember that on Moz's boat? Yeah, oh, yes, indeed, it was. And his his madcap neighbour at the time, who had the the boat beside him with like fifteen televisions and loads of very strange. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it, it could have been, it could have just been a flat, but I think after all that ale, we thought we were on a plane, a boat, a spaceship, I don't really know. I don't remember. No. no I no. don't really remember. Um, so you've just come back from a day at work. Yes, indeed. Uh, good day? Not a bad day, not a bad day. Um, uh, I work in sales, uh, uh-huh. so I work, I work uh, on, a, on a website for uh, the food industry. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's hard work and challenging, but, you know, it's, it's nice to get home and... Uh, and talk nerd. Yeah, exactly. Are you selling English food on the internet? Is that what you're doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd love to say it was that easy. You know, it's about your food processing and manufacturing, things okay. like that. Very, very long-winded and, and probably very, very boring for your listeners. Okay, that's what you do during the day. Yes, indeed. But obviously at night you're a crime-fighting superhero. I, I do fight crime. I do indeed fight crime. <laughs> well, I don't so much fight crime as I just use it as an excuse to wander around parts of southeast London in nothing but a pair of underpants. Really? Okay. Yes. Well, great. Well, you know, I suppose you've got your underpants. Like, do superheroes still wear their underpants on the outside? Funny you should say that. They don't. They, they don't. When did they stop doing that? Um, this the, the nerd is now coming out. Um, DC Comics, uh, which uh, I'm sure some of your listeners are aware, of, there's two major publishing houses for comics uh, uh, in the world: Marvel and DC. And uh, DC Comics are the ones that mostly have their their pants outside their trousers. <laughs> But they had um, they had uh, what they call a revamp in 2011, mm. where they, they they started all their characters again, got rid of all the backstory, all the history, everything like that, and uh, and uh, changed all their costumes. So Batman and Superman no longer wear um, their pants outside their trousers, uh, which is reflected in the latest movie as well. That's right. The the pants have just disappeared now. 
have just gone. They're pantless. They're, they're doing commando. Yeah, they are. They're just doing it commando style. Do you think they're wearing pants on underneath those suits? I think they'd have to just to stop chafing. Yeah, because, you know, the, the all that friction. Well, there's a lot of, you know, kicking and, and, and twisting and turning when you're fighting crime. And, you know, you, you, you don't normally have Vaseline. That's right. It's probably a, a dangerous buildup of moisture in there, which, which uh, if, un- if left unchecked, could, as you say, lead to chafing, which uh, is going to be uncomfortable even for a superhero. Well, you know, I mean, how can you be expected to, you know, fight crime and, and, and end terror on a, on a world level? <laughs> You've got, you know, what can only be described as nappy rash. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So, so Paul... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, you've been on the podcast before. You, in fact, created my superhero alter ego. Oh, yes. Luke, John- Luke Johnson. Yeah, Luke Johnson. Actually, is he fighting crime in, in, the, in the French districts? Absolutely, yeah. Regularly uh, trying to prevent crime, not always successfully, as you are may you have mi- seen. I may have to ask you here, in, in the case of Luke Johnson, are you mixing up fighting crime with drinking wine? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I always get those two things confused. Yeah, it's mainly the drinking wine, not so much the fighting crime that Luke Yeah, but you're Johnson... doing your bit, and that's all that's important. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Okay, you know, just keeping the French, uh, the wine-producing industry, uh, you know, solvent. Yeah, exactly. Afloat, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there. Um, so, all right. Now, without getting too bogged down in, in lots of comic book lore, or maybe, <laughs> maybe we should get bogged down in comic book lore. Anyway, what I'd like... What I'd like you to do is give your comments and knowledge on the comic book world as we explore superheroes in some detail in this conversation. And ultimately, we will pit those superheroes against each other in order to see who's the best, okay? Um, So, first of all, we should establish your credentials as my nerd consultant. You're my my comic book expert. That's why I've drafted you in here onto this episode. So, um, what, what are your credentials as a comic book nerd then paul how come you know so much so much about comic books and the superheroes well um i'm a, i'm at the ripe old age of 40 now and i think i've been reading comics for as long as i've been able to read which is three years now um uh, which is um uh, you know since since i was five or six uh, i used to get my pocket money every friday and go down to my local uh uh news agents uh, uh and buy buy you know buy my comics um, up until very recently, well, when I say recently, probably about 10 years ago now, I did, I was the, the proud owner of probably about five to 6,000 Marvel comics. Seriously? Yeah, seriously, seriously. Uh, uh, I sold them all off in a, in a fit of peak, thinking I was too old for comics, and I very much regret it now because of what they're all probably worth. Uh, but yes, I'm very much a Marvel comics aficionado. I did, I did dabble and cheat with a couple of DC comics, but that was only when nobody saw what I was doing. So you're a Marvel person, I'm really. a Marvel man, indeed. Yes, I am. Okay, you had about 5,000 Marvel comics and you sold them? Yeah, sold them all. Wow, I hope you, I hope you made some cash off that. Um, I, as I said, I think I did. But, um, you know, the one... And I would, we're going to be talking about the, the comic movies, but a lot of people don't realise that it wasn't that long ago that the comics were sort of a dying art because kids weren't reading them. And yeah. and kids, as in my generation, were growing out of them. So, you know, it's thanks to these comic book movies that comics have started, you know, coming back so strongly. Right, right, OK. Um, so have you actually seen the... Uh, have you seen the latest Captain America film? I don't think you have, right? Um, I have now. Oh, oh you have? 
after after the uh, after the request of your good self to to come onto this podcast, I thought it's best to be uh, uh, up there with the rest. So yes, I have watched Civil War. Okay, all right, and I suppose you've seen what all of the other all of them movies because yes. I think this is thirteen that we've had now. Well, if you want to get geeky, it's thirteen, but you've also got to include uh, uh, an Incredible Hulk, a uh, couple of X Men, a couple of Spider Men, uh, two very bad Punisher movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, also uh, Howard the Duck, which is probably <laughs> the best Marvel comic book movie ever made, um, purely for the sex scene between uh, Marty McFly's mother and a puppet duck. Right. Yeah, Howard the Duck, that movie, that, it was it was uh, directed by George Lucas, wasn't it? It was indeed, yes, it was indeed. And it was a complete flop in the, in the box office. Well, it was a very strange choice for a comic book movie. It's a very, very obscure character from the 70s. Uh, which I, I I I don't actually know much about, and I've seen the movie, so it tells you how good the movie is. Right, right. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. I have seen all of the MCU movies, as they're called. Okay, then. All right. So, um, quick thoughts. Quick thoughts mm-hmm. about the Marvel comic. Uh, what's it called? The Marvel Cinematic Universe. As a comic book fan, what do you think? Uh, very good. Very good. I know a lot of comic book fans get very uh, irate about the fact that there's subtle differences between the characters in the comic book. Or someone's wearing red gloves instead of dark red gloves, or other such pedantry. Yeah. You know, really nitpicking. Um, but no, I think they're very good movies, and I think they're very good movies because they're they're for they're made for all ages. They really are. Um, you can tell that Disney have a big hand in them because they know how to to make a movie that the kids are going to love because they can pretend to be someone. Uh, the adults are going to love because it lets them be nostalgic. Mm. And also, especially in the case of Civil War, they're very good movies, and there's some you know very strong acting. I how much detail would you like me to go into in case some of your listeners haven't seen it? Well, I'm planning to actually d- like do a review of Civil War, but I'm not going to do spoilers. I mean, we know from trailers, don't we know the, yes. the, the yes. characters that are going to be in the film. So as long as you don't give away any major plot points, you can mention who's in it. I won't, I won't give away any major plot points. And as you, and as you rightfully said, this, this part is in the trailer. But suffice to say, finally, we have a good Spider-Man movie or a good Spider-Man character. Right. What is it you think about this Spider-Man that's better than previous Spider-Men? Then? Um, I think I can safely say without spoiling it, uh, the, the gent who's playing him, I think his name's Tom Holland, he's playing, yeah, he's playing a young Spider-Man. And half, half of the... As a, a real comic book nerd, the best years of Spider-Man is when he's, you know, 15, 16, doesn't know what's going on, just realises he can now stick to walls and right. and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's again, going nerdy, Stan Lee, the man who started off Marvel, um, was very good at creating characters, even back in the 60s, that I'm not going to say believable because we're talking about a man that's been bitten by a radioactive spider. <laughs> but, he, you know, he dealt with a, a very young boy who, you know, growing up, even to the details of puberty and the like, and dealing with a world and then having to deal with it as well as being a superhero. Yeah. So finally got a spider, a, a spider boy, which is what he should be. Right. Because every character, you know, all of these Marvel characters, they have their own sort of particular narrative arc, don't they? And, yes. And Spider-Man's narrative arc really is about, a, a sort of uh, a, a lad going through puberty and in the midst of that being bitten by a radioactive spider. And a coming of age story. It's basically a coming of age story. It's a rites of passage. You know, it's 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 a young kid trying to get, by, a young nerdy kid trying to get by in high school. And as I'm sure you can imagine, the majority of the readers when Spider Man did come out were young nerdy kids who were sitting at home reading comic books, uh, of which I was one. 
so, you know, it, it's actually, as I said, it's a strange thing to say about a superhero, but it's a relatable character. Right, right, okay. Do you have a favourite uh, character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Um, I, I, I do and I don't, in the sense that my, my favourite characters, I was very much an, uh, an X-Man fan. The majority of my comic collection was the X-Men. And, and as you may know, uh, the X-Men movies are actually owned uh, by 20th Century Fox. Mm. So they're a separate entity to the Marvel Cinematic Universe that's owned by Disney and, and Marvel Studios. So never the twain shall meet. Um, so my favourite characters are always mutants. If I had to pick someone from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think I would go with uh, Iron Man, mm. uh, simply because I think that Robert Downey Jr. has done an amazing job. And he's one of the reasons why people keep on coming back and watching these films, because he's Again, it's quite weird to have this quite relatable character who's basically just a, a very rich man who's um, plays with toys. Yeah, yeah. He is a very interesting character, and I agree that uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is just like the ideal bloke for the, for the role. Mm-hmm. And it's just the perfect role for him. I, I imagine that they sort of managed to manipulate it a bit so that uh, it, the role and him suited each other perfectly. I think he's got a certain amount of artistic control over the direction of the films, doesn't he? He's negotiated well, quite hard with he certain has. things. I think that's the right thing to do because I think it makes it, in, in any film, in anything, it makes it a labour of love if you feel like you're really invested in the character. I, I believe Chris Evans, who plays Captain America, has said the same he said i want as much control as possible because i want to make it a believable character Mm. um i mean even the plot of civil war and this isn't giving any spoilers is you know um that these heroes should be made accountable for the damage that they uh that they do Mm. uh, deaths that they cause and you know in a way it is a bit of a tenuous but it's a bit of a metaphor for you know war in 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 the real world really you know People forget that there are casualties. There's innocent bystanders in all these situations. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, the, the one great thing about the film is Robert Downey Jr. Again, I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but he acts for it. You know, it's, it's, it's actually very believable that, you know, you could just transfer it being from Iron Man to being, I don't know, a, a general in the U.S. Army talking about the Middle East. You know, it's, it, it's, it's a really good film like that. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the strengths, isn't it, that it sort of has some quite big themes that it deals with, there's sort of political themes relating to American foreign policy yeah. or, or any sort of interventionist policy by any, you know, big power and the, yeah. the complexities of that and, you know, the questions that come up as a result of having weaponry and having power and things like that. Exactly, exactly that. It's similar isn't it to Batman versus Superman in terms of that theme of like, should superheroes be kept in check and should they be accountable to a sort of the government and the people, or should they be given the freedom to do the things they do? Because ultimately they're the ones who've got this power and this, these abilities. Uh, I think, I mean, that's why the films work. And I think, you know, as I said, there's only so far that kids can watch a movie without getting bored. Mm -hmm. They have to make the film a bit more, you know, ten. You know, uh, a bit more body to it. Yeah. Um, funny you mentioned the Superman, Batman. Obviously, uh, again, that's from a different uh, comic uh, universe. That's DC opposed to Marvel. Um, I, I've seen that film as well, and I can uh, categorically tell your your listeners that it's a pile of rubbish. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think. Um, uh, again, with the power of Disney and Marvel Studios behind it, and the fact it's been going for so long, as you said, 13 official movies, this is only the second sort of movie in the DC universe, and I think they're just finding their feet. 
Mm. Um, and also, it's a bugbear of any. It's the one bugbear of any comic book fan, and I think any film fan really is um, Batman. Uh, Christian Bale had three great movies as Batman, and Ben Affleck's now taken over the role. And one of the things that a lot of people can't understand is why they have to go. I'm Bruce Wayne. I'm Batman. Why they have to talk like they've got something in their throat is uh, puzzling. And right. Batman's voice, yeah. Why does he have to speak like this when he's Batman? Yeah. And then, uh, hello, I'm Bruce Wayne, and I'm Batman. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, and it's all, almost as ridiculous as the last Christian uh, Christian Bale Batman movie, uh, The Dark Knight Rises, where the bad guy, played by Tom Hardy, uh, was called Bane, who had a face mask, and for some unknown reason put on this very, like, Shakespearean, uh, droll voice, but behind a mask. So you had Batman going like Batman, and Bane going... And it was like watching a film whilst under the influence of drugs. From what I've heard, I've never partaken. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dark Knight Rises was almost completely impossible to understand because half the time someone's speaking like this. <laughs> yes. But I found that to alleviate the tension, one should just watch Anne Hathaway in a cat suit. Yeah, that, that helped. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I think that helped a lot of things, a lot of things. Anne Hathaway in a cat suit on the Batmobile, Batbike. Yeah. Yeah, fine. Yeah. fine. I'm fine with that, Paul. And so am I. I think, you know, they've, they've got some things right, is all I can say. You've got everything. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, then. But, uh, yeah, also, apparently the film itself is a bit of a stinker just because, uh, you know, it takes itself a bit too seriously, right? Well, I think I think that's the thing. Um, the, the Marvel comic universe is—it's uh, got a good level of um, wit and just laugh out loud moments um, that just don't make sense. You know, there's even throwaway moments that are from films that have gone by, which I'm hoping I can talk about because I'm assuming people have watched them because they're about five years old. But little scenes in things like the Avengers, where um, uh, Hulk just decides to punch Thor because he's bored of him. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's stupid stuff. It, 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 it's throwaway moments that sort of alleviate the tension and probably emphasise the, the darker moments, as your, you know, your, your listeners will see when they see Civil War. Yeah, it's kind of got a bit of everything, really, isn't it? And that, that's, yeah. that's what's clever about it, that it manages to juggle not only all of these different characters and their stories, but also the sort of, as you say, the lighter moments with the darker moments. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It, it's, I'm amazed, really, that it's managed to combine so many different things all into one movie um civil war though it's a bit long it's you know, like two and a half yeah. hours long yeah you have to be you, you do have to be a fan you have to bear with it but to be fair it rattles along i think um yes. again and it's not a spoiler everyone's seen the trailers there are a couple of very large f- battles um and they sort of they're, they're nicely punctuated through the movie so you can you've got a nice bit of storyline nice little bit you know um juxtaposition and then all of a sudden Loads of people in spandex beat merry hell out of each other, which is all you can ask for, really. Yeah, it's it's a it's a laugh, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, now let's let's have a look at, more closely at some of these superheroes. Okay, um, we're going to now look at the main characters in the Marvel universe, and I, I'd like you to tell me all about them because having owned probably all of the comics, um, you probably know all of their origins, their backstories, their true identities, their motivations, their abilities and powers. And yeah, I've yes. for a long time. Sorry? I've been single for a long time. You've been single for a long time. But you're now married, so... 
I'm now married. I'm now married. But, you know, I still remember my single days, or as I like to call them, my comic reading days. Right. Okay. So um, let's start with the Avengers, I suppose. These are the characters which have been revealed in the Marvel comic universe so far. Well, the Avengers, I suppose, refer to this group of superheroes who... Uh, you know, trying to protect the Earth, right? Uh, yeah. But I suppose what we're going to do is go through the Marvel comic universe, starting with the main characters. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, listeners, uh, and you, Paul, uh, yeah. we, we obviously can't cover everyone because the Marvel comic universe and, in fact, the Marvel cinematic universe have got loads of characters in them. Uh, so in my <laughs> list, I have missed... I Sorry? It's pushing nearly 50 now. 50, really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, if you count... If you count um, uh, uh, regular recurring characters, as you will. So not just the superheroes. But yes, anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm digressing. You carry on, sir. Okay, okay. So we can't cover everyone, and some <laughs> characters may have been missed out. So sorry about that, uh, Marvel fans. Um, now, here's my definition of a superhero, Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are enhanced people. Okay, mm-hmm. They're mostly human. Some of them are gods. Some mm-hmm. are aliens, some of them mm-hmm. are robots, and in some cases, some of them are computer programs. But they're mm-hmm. basically enhanced people. They're enhanced by one or more of these things, either super abilities, mm-hmm. uh, tech, like technology, or by special training. So some of these superheroes aren't necessarily um, gifted with super abilities. They just use technology or they have special training, which kind of marks them out as being uh, especially brilliant they're enhanced people let's say yes yes i think think that's 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 a fair enough thing to say i think Uh, you know that there's there's people that you know aren't so much enhanced by what they can do but someone like iron man who has armor or 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 falcon who has wings or things like that yeah okay all right and there's obviously the the x-men and they are mutants and that's but that's a that's a separate universe as we've established Uh, even though they're in marvel they're not within the marvel cinematic universe because they're owned by fox studios yeah there is there is there is attempts at crossovers but i'm sure we'll probably mention them along the way okay all right so for example captain america he has super abilities from the special serum which he was exposed to when he became a super soldier. Yes, uh, indeed. He is armed with technology. That's his shield made from vibranium. Mm-hmm. And he has received special training as a soldier. He's learnt to fight using a combination of different fighting styles. So that's an example of how Captain America is, a, is you know, considered a superhero. Um, yep. All these superheroes have origin stories which affect their motivations. Uh, They sometimes have to hide their identities from the public. Um, Mm -hmm. Despite being enhanced superheroes, most of them have weaknesses of some kind, which mean that they're not completely flawless. And those are the things that make them interesting as well. Yeah, Um, I think the most important thing, because, you know, if you have these characters that... that There's there's a a comic book movie uh, uh, called The Watchmen, which uh, was based on a, a very famous comic from the mid '80s, and that had that that was talking about the fact that you had these these creatures, these heroes that were gods and were just perfect, and they just thought themselves above men. Uh, you know, you know, mm. the, the, you know, the, the plebs and the, the vermin that the human race are unimportant in the grand scheme of things. And I think you need your hero to have flaws. You need your you need your hero to have imperfections. Hmm. Yeah. And also just in terms of the drama, like if you have heroes who are sort of indestructible and perfect, mm. then there's no drama, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, what's the point? It'd be a very short movie. Uh, and, it, you know, it, it wouldn't enthrall, you know, Superman comes to save the day. He saves the day. It's done. 
I felt yeah. that about um, the the Superman Man of Steel film at yes. the end when he's fighting with uh, what's his name General Zod. General Zod and him are fighting, and they're both they both basically have the same powers on Earth. They're they're pretty much indestructible, and there's about twenty minutes of them just punching each other th- and destroying buildings. And you just think, yeah, I don't I don't care about this because I don't feel like either of them is has a weakness. And then uh, after twenty minutes of them smashing each other through office buildings, Superman just decides, all right, I might as well kill him, and he just breaks his neck. Well, I mean, the, the, to read into that a little bit, the idea is that Superman never wanted to kill, but realizes he has to. But uh-huh. I, I do get, I do get your your opinion. I mean, it's 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 almost like another movie from my youth was uh, Terminator Two, uh, which made me laugh because you had these two uh, super strong robots, and if you remember the film, all they did was throw each other around. It looked like some form of waltz. Uh, they just sort of let go of each other's shoulders and just threw them through each other into doors and walls and windows. Uh, it's exactly that. I mean, it's you know, if, if you've got two superheroes that, you know, faster than a speeding bullet, are super strong, can uh, you know break the speed, you know, everything like that. It's just like, oh look, here he comes. Oh, he's done it. Oh, right. Exactly. I think that was also a problem with the the Incredible Hulk film with Ed Norton. Yes. Because at the end, mm-hmm. he has to fight the abomination and they're both basically indestructible creatures right yes. so they're yes. just punching each other what's the point after a while I think well the, obviously this punching thing is not really working you know yeah it's a, it's, it's a pretty pointless exercise really okay so let's go through this list so we'll start with captain america then what can you tell me mm-hmm. about about him and let's try and uh, keep this as, as brief as possible because i've got a list here and we're going to end up going on forever and ever so let's try and put it in a nutshell 1940s American uh, weed nerd, um, very skinny, very short, no muscle mass, uh, decide, wants to join the army, never can, wants to fight for America, never can, finally gets this super soldier serum so that he can fight, and he's a very patriotic man. Uh, he gets trapped in ice after a fight in 1945 and doesn't, uh, doesn't become thawed out until the late 90s, uh, and that makes him uh, you know, a fish out of water. He's still very patriotic, still believes in the American dream, but he doesn't know what the American dream is anymore. Okay. All right. Wow. Boom. Done. Boom. Done. <laughs> what, what was that serum then? The special serum that they injected him with. What's that all about? It and was that- called this thing that it was created by a man. Uh, it was created by a man who then died after Steve Rogers took it. Steve Rogers is Captain America's real name. Um, so it was. Ne- it could never be replicated, and they couldn't take the serum from his blood or anything like that. So he is the only super soldier um, uh, for now. Uh, so. It is very much a case of he feels like he's alone and he's got no one. And he is, I mean, he is literally a man out of time because he should be, by rights, pushing, you know, 100 now. But obviously he's in ice, he's preserved by this super soldier serum. So he just, he's getting used to the real world, basically. Right, okay. Fish out of water, man from the past, stuck in the, stuck in the present day. Um, and what about his powers then? Like, to what, how powerful is he? Basically, he is the strongest that a man can be, is the official terminology they say but if you've seen the film i don't think i've ever seen a man that strong but uh, the idea is that he's a peak optimum human performance in levels uh, he's as strong as a man can be he's as fast as a man can be uh, his uh, his recuperation time is the fastest it possibly can be so it's the ultimate human so basically if in the olympic games they allowed drug testing then captain america is what would be the result yes okay um and does he have weaknesses? I mean, can you just shoot him in the head? Oh, yes, he can still be shot. He can still be killed. Uh, his, his weaknesses are that he is. he is For everything he is, he's just human. 
Um, that's why he wears, you know, the armor and the helmet and things like that. Okay. Um, I think his real weakness is what I talked about earlier. He just, it's a, it's a mental, not a mental illness, but, um, you can get into his mind. You can, you can worry him to the fact that he is, he's, he's alone. All his friends are dead. All his family are dead. It's literally just him. Everything right. he has to start again. I suppose this is why he's so attached to his old friend, uh, Bucky. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Cause uh, I think that's the last level of pass that he has. Right. In fact, that's the next character we're going to talk about now. Is that's the Winter Soldier? Who the Winter Soldier? It, the Winter Soldier. He he has quite a large part to play in Civil War and in the uh, the the previous Captain America film. Tell me a little bit well, about the, called win- the Winter Soldier. Exactly, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. So this this, uh, this guy's called Bucky Barnes. Tell us a little bit yes, about him. Um, he, uh, Bucky Barnes is uh, he was in um, uh, Captain America's troop in the forties. He was also his best friend, and they br- they grew up together in Queens in New York. Um, he got straight into the army because he was quite a fit, athletic gentleman. Um, uh, when he uh, when he was in the army, uh, when Captain America first came uh, about, um, he was captured by an enemy of Captain America called Hydra, and he was um, uh, they attempted to to do a form of super soldier serum on him um which sent him mentally deranged uh <clears throat> and then they put him on they actually thro- froze him by choice they uh, cryogenically froze him and they took him out whenever they needed a hitman um he was uh, uh, captain america believed that he died after falling from a, a, a prison train mm. um but basically all that happened was he, he lost an arm and he had a he had that arm replaced with a bionic uh, metal arm bionic metal but he basically has he has these this, uh, similar abilities to Captain America. Um, he is uh, uh, he's been brainwashed, so he is very much a killing machine. He has no, when, he, when he's been when he's when he's brainwashed, he has no remorse. He's just a killer. Uh, his, his, he's also got this bionic arm, which obviously is stronger than a human arm. So that is you know that's his power, if you will. Okay. All right, then. Great. That's the Winter Soldier. Moving on, then swiftly, uh, another character that's associated with Captain America, and that's uh, Falcon. The Falcon, yes, indeed, Sam Wilson. Well, he is uh, an ex-military uh, pilot from the Gulf Wars, um, or he, he he told them that he was a pilot. What he actually was is he was a, 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 a test pilot for a special harness that was a, a gliding machine, so they could go underneath radars and you know, almost like a human drone, if you will. Right. Um, that 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 machine is the wings that he wears as the Falcon. Um, in the comics, he's been a sidekick of Captain America for 20, 30 years. Uh, funny enough, in the comics, at the moment, he mm. is Captain America. Really? Uh, Captain America is retired and Sam Wilson is Captain America. And does Sam Wilson have the same sort of, you know, super <laughs> strength serum that... No, no, he's a, he's a, he's a uh, above average human in the sense that he's trained. He's trained under Captain America. He's, he's got no super soldier serum. His powers, if you will, the powers of flight. Okay, so he's got those wings. And he also has like this yeah. little other uh, bird sort of uh, drone which is attached to his suit, which he can send out and do yes. different things. which in the comics is actually a falcon called Redwing. Right, and he has a mental connection with this falcon, doesn't he? Yeah, it, it, 70s was a strange time. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so he has a, me- a mental connection to the falcon Redwing. But in the movies, it's actually a drone. Yeah. Yeah, which he controls. Okay. Actually, it makes more sense if you had to give it sense. Yeah. All right, then. So, moving on to Iron Man. Iron Man, billionaire with loads of money, who's a, a genius, uh, uh, likes making things, decided to make himself a suit. Uh, the reason being that he was caught um, he was caught by terrorists uh, uh, after they uh, uh, caught him in an explosion, which put a bit of shrapnel into his heart. The only way that he could uh, get rid of that shrapnel was to actually build almost like a, a glorified pacemaker into a chest piece. Mm. Um, but he found the power of that pacemaker could have power up armor, 
therefore became Iron Man. Uh, he's very much a playboy. He loves the fact that he's a, he's a superhero. But in Civil War, you start to see that he realises there are ramifications to his actions. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Um, okay, let's move on then to War Machine, who's sort of associated with Iron Man. Uh, long, long story short, he's, he's a knockoff Iron Man, really, isn't he? He's a, 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 military, a military man, best friends with Tony Stark who um, took over uh, an old armour of Tony Stark's and became War Machine. So he's very much Iron Man, but um, uh, under the pay of the military. Okay. Uh, in the comics, in the, comics uh, in, in the late 70s, Tony Stark actually um, descended into alcoholism um, and, uh, and, and War Machine, James Rhodes, took over as Iron Man for about five years. I see. Okay. So basically, I, War Machine is just one of Tony Stark's suits, which he gave to the old military. Artist exactly that i see and he's a friend he's best friends with uh, tony stark all right great um let's now talk about thor thor yeah thor is the norse god of thunder uh, i think that's all you really need to say with thor he's a god he's um he's a centuries old he can fly he doesn't actually fly he flings the hammer yeah. and holds on to it that's how he flies he flings the hammer and holds on he literally just throws the hammer and then holds on to it yeah, yeah that's it no <laughs> Okay. That's how I, I love that. I love that. So, if he's a god, then, like, what are his powers? Isn't he like way more powerful than you know all the other people we've just talked about? Yes, because he, uh, yeah, because he's a he's a god. For you know, there's no other real way to put it. He's centuries old. He has super strength through his hammer, which is called Mjolnir. Uh, he, he can actually call down lightning as well and wind uh, because he is a god of thunder. He has something called the Odin Force, doesn't he? Well, it's it's a long story. Basically, it just it, it's it's almost like from from the eighties Transformers the movie when uh, they pass on the um, the Matrix. Um, God, I'm old. Um, basically, it's, it's it, the Odin Force. It's a bit like the the dreaded Medichlorians in the Star Wars prequels. It's just the the the, the, the lifeblood of the gods. Okay, uh, Odin is Thor's father, so he carries. You know, which basically just means he's got his father's genetics. Okay, and Thor's uh, hammer, which you you know the name of, which definitely Mjolnir. makes you, yeah, you're a, definitely a geek. There's no question. Yeah. yeah, as if there was a question about that. Cause, you know, you're the owner of five thousand <laughs> Marvel comics. Well, you were, yeah. you were. Yeah. Anyway, um, Thor's hammer is quite an interesting item, isn't it? Yes. Um. For for you to be able to to wield the hammer of Thor, you have to be deemed worthy. So you have to be. A, a righteous person um uh nobody has ever been able to pick it up apart from the vision uh who we may want to talk about now but that might be because he is uh, you know a robot rather than a human being um there is a very funny part in uh, the second avengers movie age of ultron where all the avengers are having a party and they're all taking turns to pick up thor's hammer and they can't mm. uh, and then at one point captain america goes to pick it up and he jay there's a little squeak as he moves it uh, you know less than an inch and you just see Thor's face fall because, you know, he was worried for a minute there that a normal human, which to all extents and purposes Captain America is, could lift his hammer. I see. So does, I mean, other than his arrogance, does Thor have a weakness? I mean, could is it possible to kill him? Um, another god can kill him. Um, uh, and, the, the, you know, um, that is uh, something that will be explored in, you know, in, in further Thor movies, I believe. Uh, but you know he he can be hurt by other gods, but most things on 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 our earth aren't hurt him. Apart from the Hulk. Apart from the Hulk, yeah. Okay, we're going to come on to him in a moment. Let's talk about. Uh, are we going to talk about Loki? Loki's Thor's brother, right? 
Loki is Thor's, uh, uh, well, adopted brother. Yes, uh, he's, uh, he's uh, again, the same kind of powers as uh, Thor, but he's the god of mischief. So he's, uh, he's a bit clever. He's a bit more intellectual than Thor. Thor's very much about, you know, brawn over brains, and Loki's more about brains. Okay, all right. And he's a bit evil as well, isn't he's he? He's a right? bit evil. He's misguided, probably a better way to put it. Right, okay. And Thor loves him because he's his brother. Yes. Okay. But even though Loki often does naughty things? Like- yeah, I think... I think- I mean, I'm the same with my brother. When he tries to take over the earth and kill and kill my father, you know, I go, oh, get over it. <laughs> yeah. I'm here, silly fool, just, honestly. Just normal brother brother rivalries, you know. Brother rivalry that nearly destroys nine planets, you know, the usual. Yeah, the usual stuff. Um, what about Nick Fury, played by Samuel L. Jackson in the films? Well, uh, a little-known fact, there was a very bad made-for-TV movie in the early 90s called Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Nick Fury is played by David Hasselhoff. <laughs> very, very bad, but very good movie. I suggest, I suggest, I think it's on YouTube, so I suggest that you <laughs> listeners should watch it. It's about the time of Baywatch, to give you an idea. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, well, great. thank goodness uh, Nick- uh, it's Samuel L. Jackson this time. Yeah, well, Nick Fury is—he's um, a, a government spook, I believe—is what they call it, CIA agent. Uh, the idea is, you know, he's—he's he's very much a spy, uh, a spy in trade who's in charge of Shield, which is the big uh, military uh, uh, body in the Avengers universe. He—he um, uh, he just wants—he's he, a soldier, he's a spy. He just wants what's right, and he—he'll get—he'll do anything to get there, which sometimes makes him look very shady. But at heart, he's just a, a true patriot. Okay. Um, now let's move on to let's move on to Scarlett Johansson. Johansson. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that you're happy to move on to Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell me about Black Widow. Uh, Black Widow is a former KGB assassin, uh, Natasha Romanov, who defected when she was, um, uh, you know, uh, realised that she'd been brainwashed into being this assassin and killer, and just wanted to to um, uh, make amends. As, as the phrase that she uses in the first Avengers movie, I've got a lot of red in my ledger and I want to remove it. Uh, so she is very much a, um, uh, a fully trained spy, um, uh, very much in the role of uh, uh, seductress, uh, as we see in one of the Avengers movies. Um, but she's also a fully trained uh, martial artist and, and weapons expert. She has uh, wristbands that fire stings, hence the name Black Widow. I see, right. So she used to be KGB, used to be an assassin. She wants to try and make up for the bad things she's done in the past, and that's why she's yes. uh, sort of de- you know determined to do the right thing with the, with the yeah. Avengers. Yeah. All right, then. And um, so, what about her martial arts? Because she does all that clever stuff with her legs, doesn't she? She likes jumping on people's shoulders and wrapping her legs around their their head. Well, that would be, I mean, I'm not okay with all these different forms of martial arts, but she will be trained to. Um, you know, to whatever level she needs to be trained to, to, to kill and get by, I suppose. So I think there's one called Krav Magal and all these these strange martial arts that are from different parts of the world, and I'm sure she's uh, trained up in all of them. Hello, that was that was your doorbell, wasn't it? Yes, that was my doorbell. My superhero has arrived. Have you got guests? Is that your wife? It's my good lady wife. Oh, okay. I hope I'm not interrupting your, your evening no, too no. much. No, don't you worry. Don't you worry. All right. I'll just let her in. Okay, very good. So, yes, carry on. Where were we? So, we just talked about um, Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff. Um, What about Hawkeye, then? Uh, Clint Barron. He's he's the guy who shoots the arrows. Yeah, he's a a marksman. He's a trained uh, military marksman. Uh, Prefers the bow and arrow 
but uh, obviously can also uh, basically uh, dismember, or sorry, disarm anyone with anything. Uh, in the comics, he's used playing cards, paper clips, everything like that. Wow. Cool. Clint Barton is his name. I, I, I think I gave the wrong name there. For any any Marvel fanboys are going to be furious. Uh, no, they should be. So they should be, exactly. So Hawkeye in the films, I mean, in the first Avengers film, people sort of seem to think that he was a bit of a waste of space. But in, uh, well, he's not really, is he? I think the idea is that he, uh, he you know, he, he was a waste of space because that first movie, everyone was so powerful and they were fighting this big alien force and you had a bloke who had a bow and an arrow. <laughs> but the idea is that he's, he's, he's you know, he's the, he's the heart and soul of the team, as, as very much suggested in the second movie. Right, okay. And that brings us on to Hulk who is mm-hmm. an amazing and interesting character. Tell me about Hulk. What's his story? Uh, he's a genetics and biophysicist who uh, wanted to see what the powers of gamma radiation could do for uh, cures for cancer and making uh, you know, regenerative powers. Uh, uh, dosed himself with gamma radiation and uh, turned into a big green ball of fury. And um, so how do you explain Hulk's powers then? Um, he is just, uh, he just, uh, uh, officially the, the, the madder he gets, the stronger he gets, uh, uh according to the comic book law, he is the most powerful human being cause he is a human, right. um, uh, in, in the world. Um, uh, basically his powers, he just gets really, really mad and turns green. And I mean, is it possible when he's, when he's the Hulk mm-hmm. or even in fact, when he's David Banner, because I suppose anything that if anything happens to David, then he just immediately hulks and that's that. But is mm-hmm. there... I mean, does Hulk have a weakness other than the fact that he's just a rage monster? I think the rage is enough, really, as proved in the second uh, Avengers movie. He, he, um, he uh, you know, it just be, he, he can't be controlled. Uh, um, he needs someone to calm him down, and he realizes himself at the end of that Avengers movie that you know he, he, he's got no control over himself. He could go at any moment. In the comics, in the Ultimate Universe, which was a spin-off of Marvel about fifteen years ago, mm. when he first became the Hulk, he um, he went. Uh, loopy and ate about 50 people. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> he ate 50 people? Yeah. yeah, he just ate them. Okay, fair enough. And also a bit where he gets annoyed with Wolverine, so he rips him in two. He, he, he ripped Wolverine in two? Yeah, just pulled him apart. But, I, him but didn't Wolverine survive that, I suppose? Uh, well, of course he does. It's comics. Yeah, right, naturally. But, I mean, I'm interested in Hulk because... I just want to know if it's possible to, to, to kill him. That seems to be the question I'm, I'm most interested here, Paul. It's like, yeah, but I, I, can you kill him? Well, I'm can sure you, you kill can. Him, I mean, he's, he's still got to breathe. Um, so, you know, you could take him out into space, I suppose. Um, when you calm him down, I mean, when, when Bruce Banner's asleep, I, I, I've never come across, well, I'm surprised nobody's done it, but, well, in the comic law, uh, I'm sure when he's asleep, you could probably kill him because he can't hulk up if he doesn't know it's coming. I suppose so. There is a scene in, in the Avengers film where um, David Banner is talking about those moments where he tried to, I think it's something like he, he tried to shoot himself, but um, he shot himself and, and hulked out immediately and the Hulk spat out the bullet. Yeah, well, if he doesn't know it's happening, there's nothing, the Hulk can't come in. I suppose so. uh, I, I suppose the whole of his character is based on almost the fight or flight, the adrenaline thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Stan Lee said when he first created the Hulk, his idea was you hear these, you know, apocryphal stories of, uh, people coming across, uh, car crash victims or people stuck under a car and they get the strength out of nowhere to lift the car up. Right. And the idea is it's the adrenaline that does it. And the Hulk is that, that to the, 
the maximum degree. I see. Okay. Um, the next in my list is just simply the Guardians of the Galaxy, but that's like a whole other film with a whole sort of a whole other world that, of Marvel. That's going into the space. That's going into you know the uh, sort of what what goes out in outer space. It's very good actually, and I think the funniest of the Marvel movies. And um, we in that film we come across this super villain called Thanos, who seems to be mm-hmm. like the big baddie of the Marvel universe. Yes, he is. Yes. What can you tell me about Thanos? Um, he's just—it's um, it's a very convoluted. He's, he's the most, you know, one of the most powerful beings in the universe, and he's death fixated. Um, in the in the Marvel comics, death is actually embodied as a as a woman. Yeah, and he loves her, and uh, he uh, she won't return the love until he gives her what she wants, and what she wants is the end of everything. Right. So that's why Thanos is a bad guy. So his mission is basically to deliver lots of. Yeah, dead if people. we if we can destroy the whole universe, then she'll she'll go out on a date. I myself would just pick a maybe a, a a less needy woman, but you know. Yeah, she seems a bit high maintenance, doesn't she? Dad? Yes, high maintenance is definitely the key. And the thing is that she's actually just a skeleton. Right. Yeah. Okay, so he's just a freak. Yes, but I mean, whether they'll go that way with a comic with the with the movies, we you know we we don't know. Um, but. Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, he's, he's very much death fixated. So he's in love with death, and the only way to get her attention is to kill a bunch of people, like, for example, everyone. And, and yeah, just for example, yeah, everyone. And then she'll be like, "Oh, thanks for giving me all these dead people because I'm death, and I like that sort of thing." And then yeah. and he'll be like, "Will you go out with me now?" And she'll be like, "Oh, all right then. What should we do? Go, should we go and see a film?" And he'll say, "No, everyone's dead." Yeah, there's no. Should we go down the restaurant? No, everyone's, everyone's, everyone's dead. dead. So should we stay in? Yeah. Um, yeah. What should we do? Should we, should we watch Netflix? No, because Netflix, everyone's dead. Don't you get it? There is, there is no Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, a few more characters. This is a bit of a, a Marvel marathon. Uh, mm-hmm. But tell me about Ant-Man. Uh, Ant-Man is a reformed criminal uh, and a cat burglar who, uh, in the comics, originally nicked uh, the, uh, the Ant-Man costume from the first Ant-Man called Hank Pym, played by Michael Douglas in the movies. Um, he's a very much a reformed character who just wants to do right by his estranged daughter. So becomes a, you know, a, a superhero by default, really. So he, yeah. So he stole this suit from Hank Pym. Yeah. Hank Pym is a sort of, he's a bit like Tony Stark in a way, right? Because he's a, a, yeah. a, a bit of a genius scientist guy. Yeah. I think, I, I think if I remember rightly, he's meant to actually be a contemporary of Tony Stark's father. Right. So, yeah, I, th- I think they're talking about in this. It, it, there is a sequel plan to this movie, and I think they might go into more detail about the '60s and you know if there was any superheroes or anything like that around at that time. I see. Okay, and so Ant Man's power is that well, first of all, he's just a normal bloke. He doesn't have like special uh, superpowers, but he has mm-hmm. this. He has this suit. What does the suit yeah. do? Uh, the suit creates things called pin particles, which allow him to uh, uh, shrink in size. Uh, on an atomic scale, but keep his uh, keep his density. So, in other words, he can be as small as an ant, but could still, if he's done the training, kick you across the room. Right, because he's got as much. He's, he's got the same a level of strength and um, density that he has when he's a normal size. Yes, but when he shrinks down, he's small, so he can yeah. kick you across the room even when he's small. Yeah. Let's move on to Black Panther, who is a character that's been introduced in this latest uh, Captain America <laughs> film. Um, he is the king of a, a fictional African country called Wakanda, uh, and uh, they have a, their king is the guardian of the country, and the uh, they they ingest a, a flower. Uh, each king, mm-hmm. when they become king, uh, they I think it's either a flower or a plant of some sort uh, that gives them the strength, I believe, of ten men. 
Oh, I see. So Black Panther does have superpowers. He does have certain superpowers. Um, uh, and he obviously also has uh, not so much armor like Iron Man, but he's got claws and a, and a body armor of sorts. What's the, uh, Wakanda is the country that, yes. that he's the king of. Yes. And that's where they get all of the uh, vibranium, right? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's the only place in the world where vibranium, vibranium can be mined. Can you tell me what vibranium is? Um, uh, in, a, in Marvel lore, it's, this, it's the second strongest metal. Um, in the world uh, it can uh, absorb power and hold that power and uh, be super strong um, but only certain people can make it malleable while you make it into a shield yeah, captain america's shield is made of vibranium yes indeed and, uh, black panther's uh, armor suit is made of vibranium and what's the most powerful that's adamantium is it i believe so yeah but the marvel universe won't talk about adamantium because of the mutant thing okay because it's x-men and yes uh, yes yeah. separate universe okay how much time do you have because i've got about oh, about five five to ten superheroes left i've got about five minutes sir. okay let's do it super quickly spider-man yeah. we've already talked about we know we yes. all know about spider-man yeah. uh ultron uh, uh is a robot that's uh, created by iron man to replace the avengers the idea is that they'll just do a peacekeeping force but okay there are others as well like for he example, gains artificial intelligence and design. yeah He's he, yes, I'm Hello. still here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Ultron gains all this artificial intelligence and then he uses it f- for some reason to try and destroy the Avengers. Fine. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He's like the internet gone wrong, basically. Yes, basically. Yeah. Uh, Vision. Vision is um, a, a robot that Ultron creates uh, to house his body, uh, to house his mind, because he's a he's a synthetic. He's an artificial intelligence. He's the next level of robot. Um, but um, he uh, he gains sentience through Thor, so actually becomes a good guy. Oh, I see. And he's got one of these infinity stones in his head. One of the infinity stones in his head. That that stone was originally in Loki's staff from the first Avengers movie. Okay. And these infinity stones seem to be the most important thing in the universe. Well, we'll see more of them as we get into the next level of Avengers movies, because basically these infinity stones are what Thanos is trying to get together to, you know, do whatever he wants to do. Right. To Yeah, to, to go mm. on a date with death. Yes. Netflix. Yeah. As we've established. No. no. Everyone's dead. Um, Scarlet Witch uh, Scarlet Witch has uh, uh, the powers of improbability she can create hexes that ruin um, uh, it's almost like a bad luck power I don't to be honest when I saw the film recently I thought Scarlet Witch what is her power she seems to be able to just move stuff yeah I think they've, they've made it a bit more about telekinesis because it's a bit it's a bit far-fetched to say that she's got a power that's bad luck you know yeah okay all right uh, then there's Quicksilver who can just run really fast really fast yes indeed uh then we've got other characters from other films wolverine for example who you're a mm-hmm. fan of yes indeed uh just a, a very strong mutant with healing factors uh and uh, and a, a bone claws who because of his healing factor went through a military process to bond adamantium to his skeleton and therefore is virtually indestructible <laughs> yeah i know it's fun isn't it <laughs> i have to say that <laughs> i know it's, it's madness <laughs> It's a lo- it's a load of old bull crap, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun speculating about. Oh it. god, yeah. So okay, let's let's cut to the chase, and we're not talking about DC characters here. Maybe in a minute, but who's the strongest? Who's the best? Uh, the best would probably be uh, the Hulk. Really? Yeah. Why? Just because he's pure rage, and he's the most powerful. And he's it's a comic clause that the the madder he gets, the more powerful he gets. So whoever he fights, it is a case of him. If you keep on slapping him, he will in the end just turn you to dust. But uh, what about Scarlet Witch? Because she's got telekinesis. Can't she just sort of like keep him, just like hold him in the air forever? 
he'd uh, slap and do a sonic boom and knock her out. Sonic boom. He can do that slap with his yeah. hands and it would do a yeah. sonic boom and st- stop her. And so oh, that's no, it's it. Like Street, like Street Fighter. So that's it. It's just the Hulk. Oh, yes. Um, what about Thanos? Uh, this this death fixation's a bit weird, you know. You could just you could just put a dress on a skeleton and go. There she is, mate. Off you go. There she is. Look, I know she's a bit quiet. She's having a kip. Just put a dress, put a dress on a skeleton, and when when yeah. he's not looking, just whack him over the back of the head with Thor's hammer. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad that we sorted out the Marvel universe. Thanks very much for appearing on my podcast, Paul. It's always a pleasure, never a chore. I realised that I just uh, took up about an hour of your time. Thank you very much for that. No, no, don't be silly, don't be silly. You're just stopping me fighting crime. I'm just about to put my pants on and go out. Okay. If you had a... Just final question. If you could have a superpower, which one would it be? Mm-hmm. Flight. Flight? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the reason for that? It's cheaper than an Oyster card. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, then. Well, I'll, I'll let you go out and put your pants over your trousers. and Well, no no trousers, right? It's just pants. Yeah. What's your superhero name? Skin Man? Uh, yes, yes. Um, uh, no, The Gusset. <laughs> the Gusset, which is like a word for a, 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 a portly belly, right? Yeah. Okay, so you use that as a weapon? I would indeed, yes, to okay. disarm people. Okay, all right then. Well, you know, good luck. And, you know, continue to fight crime. Thanks for protecting the people of London, Paul. Will do, so. My pleasure. And uh, I hope to see you soon. Yes, indeed. It'd be lovely to see you as well, sir. Absolutely. All right. Well, take care. Say hi to the wife for me. And yeah, same, from me. same to me. Same from for, same for me to your good lady. I, I will. All right. Take care then, mate. All right. Take care, Luke. Speak to you soon, Speak sir. Speak soon. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Hello again. So, you listen to the whole thing. Nice one. Good one. Well done, you. Slap on the back. I don't mean to sound patronising there, but seriously, you should feel good about having listened to the whole thing. Um, One thing I would like to say right now is that that conversation was very rich with vocabulary, especially where Paul was describing each character. I think Paul did a very good job of being extremely succinct. You know, he was very efficient with his descriptions of each superhero. And he did it with some very nicely chosen bits of vocab. I think it would be worth listening to that again, and it would be good. Um, It would be very good if I did a vocabulary review episode based on that. There's just so many words and expressions, and probably things that you might have missed, like little turns of phrase that Paul used, and other bits of language that you may have missed. It would be... That's a a great source of, of language, that conversation, and I'd love to do a vocab review episode on that. Um, in fact, the podcast is is now such a resource. I think like a lot of the conversations I've had with people uh, do represent like a, a very rich resource of authentic English, and it would be a very good idea for me to sort of somehow adapt that resource and turning it into te- turn it into teaching content. Something I'm thinking about. In fact, I would like to do vocab or language reviews of many of these episodes, um, and it's something I'm considering doing, perhaps as part of some paid downloading some paid download uh, packages from my website where I could offer you specially designed learning materials based on episodes of the, of the podcast I could call it I could call it the learning zone or learning packs or study packs or something and they they would be available to superhero lepsters and dedicated language learners who who would be happy to pay a pound or two um, to get uh, 
some extra content. Um, that's just an idea at this stage. Anyway, I hope that you got to know all those superheroes uh, a little bit better after listening uh, to this conversation. Um, I hope that you feel that you learnt a few things that you didn't know before and that you've expanded your knowledge of the world, uh, you've expanded your knowledge of the universe a little bit there by just finding out more depth about these popular characters from from popular culture. Because not only have you just improved your English a bit, I think you've also improved your knowledge of popular culture in general there. I think, I, I hope you agree that you now know more about those Marvel films than you did before you listened to this. Uh, and in fact, the more you, you, the more you know about you know, popular culture, the more you can enjoy it. Um, if you haven't seen the latest Captain America film, then I suggest you go out and see it. It's it's really good. It's a lot of fun. And hopefully, having listened to this episode, you, you'll be able to just appreciate it a bit more if, if indeed you didn't know all that stuff already. So, in the end, you heard that Paul thinks that the Hulk is the strongest superhero. But what do you think? Do you agree with that? Who's the best superhero, in your opinion? Um, And it would be interesting to try and imagine uh, fighting these characters against each other. Who do you think would win in a fight between certain characters? For example, imagine... And you could write comments on the page for this episode with your responses to these questions. Who do you think would win... First of all, who's the best? And secondly, who do you think would win in a fight between these characters? So we've got the Hulk versus Superman... The Hulk versus Superman. Who would win in that battle? Iron Man versus Batman. Again, who would win? Because they're they're quite interesting. They're both just normal blokes, basically. They don't have superpowers, but they have technology. Um, It would be interesting to see Iron Man versus Batman. Uh, Also, they come from different comic book universes, and that would be interesting. Uh, Captain America versus Spider-Man. Who would win in that battle? Or indeed, any other combination of characters. You decide. So you can come up with your own uh, comic book uh, battle uh, and then write about it in the comments section. Um, It could be fun to talk about those situations on this podcast, but there's no time left in this episode. So you can just carry on that discussion in the comments section. Just find the page for this episode on teacherluke.co.uk and do some writing. Who's the best superhero and who would win? in a battle between certain superheroes. Okay, so we're, we're nearly done with superheroes. Um, I hope you don't have uh, superhero fatigue. Um, now, there's one more superhero episode in this comic book series that I'm doing. Um, yes, the season is going to continue uh, because there is now another um, movie in the cinemas, and that's the latest X-Men film, which is called X-Men Apocalypse. I saw it just a few days ago, And as soon as I got home after seeing it, I recorded an improvised review of it. So I I just came home after seeing the film, picked up my recorder, started recording, and I made myself coffee and I just talked about uh, my review of the film. You will have to wait for the next episode to find out what I think of that film. But I'll give you a clue. I thought it was pants. That's right. I thought it was a load of whole pants. Um, And it was actually quite fun to talk about why. You'll need to just wait for the next episode. I expect it'll come out soon, probably in the next couple of days. As I said, um, as I said to you before, um, I'm going to upload a bunch of stuff soon. All right. I hope you're keeping up with it. Uh, and even if superheroes aren't your thing, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this and I hope you feel that you learned a few things. That's the end of this episode. Uh, I will speak to you again soon. Um, and uh, 
It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for listening to my podcast. And uh, that's it for now. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, this is Luke's English podcast. You can't touch this. This is a masterpiece of the English language. All righty then. Just think of the accolades it's received over the years. Wait a minute. You. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Ooh, this is going to be good. Really? Yes. I want to get into it, man. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Luke's English podcast. And this is Britain at its best. How <laughs> you lucky people. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.